Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Hey, good morning, Cornerstone Church. Hope you guys are doing well, and uh, man, I know you enjoyed that time of worship as we just entered in and worshiped God. I tell you what, today I'm at a different location and I'm enjoying myself out here. It's a little cool this morning as we are uh, recording at my father-in-law's house. So if you look around and you see a backyard and a pool, you might be thinking, is Pastor Jody on vacation? And the uh, answer is no, but it's a pretty close second. You know, if it was at the beach, it might be a different, different story. But I want to share with you today a little bit about how God is greater than the future. And it really starts with this pool. Um, Very interesting. I have never opened a pool before in my life. My father-in-law allowed me to. I should say allowed me to or I got to. I'm not sure which one it was. But nonetheless, um, Haley and I, we've been talking about it, about a pool. When we do get a house, will we want one? Will we not want one? And I've heard horror stories about opening pools and how difficult they are. And then I've heard Ronnie say, you'll love it. It's great. And so I've never opened a pool. This was my first time uh, doing so. So I didn't know what to expect. And to be honest with you, if you've never opened a pool before, it's a bit freaky. Like really, it's a little freaky. When you pull back the cover, now maybe some pools may not be this way, but Ronnie lives in a neighborhood where there's a lot of oak trees and a lot of Uh, different trees are everywhere and so there's a lot of leaves and debris that get into the pool and so when you peel back the cover the water is like as dark as black coffee it's it's unreal it's like creepy if you've ever seen the movie like the thing or like some of those crazy old 80s like creepy movies it looks like something from that i don't know like something may come up and reach its hand up after you it's creepy creepy so i'm thinking man what did i get into and so I start the process, and I go to the pool store, talk to a guy there named Danny. Many of you guys know Danny. He, he uh, great guy, runs the pool store there. And he says, hey, here's what you need. I take a water sample in. You need this, this, and this to get started. And I listen to Danny, and I'll be honest with you. I thought, that's going to fix this. This water's so black. And then I get here, and I start the process. I throw a vacuum in it. I throw another couple of things into it, like they say, and it's still not looking much better. And so I called my father-in-law. I said, hey, man, is it supposed to be this black and all? And he just kind of laughs and said, oh, it's going to be fine. Just wait. You just wait. It's going to turn blue. You're doing the right thing. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I'll be honest with you. I still wasn't convinced, even though the pool owner told me it was going to be okay. A pool store uh, owner told me it's going to be okay. So I actually talked to one of our elders who lives down the street from Ronnie, Terry Shank. He has a pool. He said, hey, let me come down there and look at that pool for you. He takes a look at the pool and he goes, oh, yeah, you're going to be fine. You're just going to have to keep vacuuming and keep cleaning, but it's going to be fine. Just wait till you see the next couple of days. It's going to be great. And so now we're not there yet, but about two more days and it's going to be clear completely. And I thought about that. You know, I was so worried about the outcome. What was going to happen? What's it going to look like? How's it going to ever turn blue and clear and clean water from a black dirty grimy looking you know water but people who knew the answer 
were people who had gone before me. They were people who actually had opened pools many times before. They were very confident in what they were saying. There's a someone who's experienced in chemistry in a sense from the standpoint of what a chemical will do and not do with a pool store. I've got a pool owner telling me it's going to be okay and another pool owner telling me you're doing the right thing, keep it up. And I thought about that and how all of us probably right now are thinking about the future. And around us, everybody is saying things like the future looks grim. It looks very bleak. Like what's going to happen? Are we ever going to have school again? I mean, will I ever get to buy a car in a normal way? Or am I going to be stuck like this forever? Are we going to have church by the pool? I don't know. This is not so bad, to be honest with you. But other things, I know all of us want to get back to normal. Um, Will I ever get to have that first date, maybe, and get to eat out at a restaurant like a normal person? Or now will I get to have a wedding that's with people joining me and watching me walk down the aisle? Will I get to see my grandkids? And there's all these thoughts are going through our minds. And I want to encourage you today with something that God says in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this about the future. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you'll seek me and find me when you search with me for all of your heart. This is a scripture that... is really after 70 years, really longer than that, but from the biblical standpoint of time, they were in captivity, Israel was. And God was saying, listen, I know the plans that I have for you. I know you might feel right now that you are held in captivity and nothing's going to change. You're stuck the way it is, but that's not true. I've got plans for you, says the Lord. And when you're looking out into the distant future, sometimes it's a lot like this pool was. It's dark, it's grim. You don't see how we're going to get there. But God is not, he's not at all nervous about what he sees in the future because he sees good things in the future for us. Now, when I read that to you and from Jeremiah, I know what you might be thinking too, is well, what, how can I be assured of this future? How could I know God's really going to come through for me? Well, listen to what Jesus said. This is in John 17, John 17, verse 13. Jesus says, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves i have given them your word not and and the world has hated them because they are not of the world even as i am not of the world i do not ask that you take them out of the world but to keep them from the evil one they are not of the world even as i am not of the world so sanctify them in the truth for your word is truth man isn't that what you want to hear today is more truth like i tell you I have heard so many stories about what things might be and what it ought to be and why we shouldn't be here and should be there. I just want to hear truth now. I'm tired of the speculation. I get tired of the forecasts, but I want to hear truth. And Jesus said, I am bringing truth today. He said this, this is, again, Jesus said, look, I, they're not of the world, even as I am not of the, of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also might be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about the word sanctify, but sometimes we think about it as a very holy word. And, you know, we're going to sanctify ourselves and get real clean before God. Jesus cleans you. The word sanctify here means to be set apart for a special purpose. I don't know if you've thought about this before, but God has set you apart for a special purpose purpose and he has a plan for your life that he wants you and I 
to follow. But God, the way he reveals his plans, is a little different than the way that we reveal our plans. If it was up to me, look, I would have had a different plan on how to open up a pool. I, that was some creepy water to start with. But all these other pool owners are saying, it's fine, this is the way it works. It's not the way I would do it, but I've never opened a pool before, so therefore I didn't know what to expect. And I'm telling you, many of us today, you don't know what to expect because you've never been through what you're going through right now. But I want to assure you of some things, that God reveals His plans. But watch this. We get distracted by what we don't know and by what we don't see. And we also get distracted by what we do see and what we do know. Two different sides of the coin. But listen to this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. I want to read this to you from what Jesus said. And some of my favorite verses of Scripture are in this chapter. Matthew 6 and verse 19, Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. But store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I don't know if you know this, but years ago in Israel, if you go to Israel, you can still see some of this today. There are tombs of what are some are called sarcophagus, where they, they would actually bury the bones of the dead. And what we call coffins today, many people would take their treasures and they would bury them with the bodies. Because they believed that in the next life or the afterlife, they would take their treasures with them. Well, when you understand the word grave robber, in National Geographic and other History Channel uh, presentations, they show you these men will go in, and what do they do today of these dead people? These people died. These are real human beings, and they go through the pyramids and everywhere else, and they take their goods, and they take their treasures, and they put them up on displays now, and we think that's so much better way of doing it than the actual grave robbers. But no, a grave robber is a grave robber. How would you feel if somebody broke in your house and stole your plasma? No one would like that when you're alive. Well, no one would like it if you're dead. But these people thought that if they put their treasures in their tombs, they could take them with them. And Jesus said, if you're hung up on what you have in your hand right now, you're going to miss what I have for you in your life. He goes on further and he says, watch, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is dark, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness really is. He goes on to say that no one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money or mammon. And I know we all want the economy to get cranked back up. Of course we do. I don't want people going without their jobs. I don't want people going without food and things like that. Of course we want people to be able to work again. Of course. But isn't it funny how we can get so wrapped up in our possessions that we forget really what God's plan is for our life. Jesus goes on to contrast now what people have a great knowledge of, which is money and resources, now to something which is a little bit foreign to us, but we're beginning to understand again what it was intended to be like for life, and that's peace and freedom from anxiety. But listen to what Jesus says in contrast to the worry and the fear of losing your money. He says in verse 25, This is why I tell you the truth. Don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? One of my favorite verses, 
Look at the birds. You can hear them right now on this camera. I guarantee you they're chirping. You can hear the, the birds on the recording. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store food in their barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, though. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Listen to what Jesus said. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And obviously the answer is no. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies or the flowers of the field. I don't know, you may catch a few flowers in these shots. And where you can see how they grow. They're beautiful here in my father-in-law's backyard. My, my mother-in-law, she's constantly taking care of her flowers. They're beautiful once the sun kicks in really good in the spring. It says they don't work or they make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why, Jesus says, not me, Jesus says, why do you have so little faith? And then one more thing he says. So don't worry about these things. He says, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. And he closes up his, his message, if you will, by saying, So don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I don't know about you, but isn't that the truth? I mean, I got enough to deal with today. I don't need to add tomorrow onto it. Today has enough trouble of its own. There's no sense in bringing more into the mix. So I want to kind of wrap this message up with a couple of thoughts here today. And that's this. It seems like whenever we have a crisis, and I'm not picking, I just want you to hear my heart. It seems like whenever there's a crisis, there's always someone who seems like they're announcing the warning bells in the middle of the crisis. Oh, we better go buy a bunch of gold now. Well, it's kind of late to jump on that train, don't you think? Oh, it's really bad. Now you better stock up your pantries with toilet paper. <laughs> kind of missed that boat about three or four weeks ago, huh? But there's always those who want to ring that bell of warning in the middle of a crisis. And I don't know about you, but I've been in a few crises. I've been through the recession of 08. I was a part of taking goods and, and supplies down to, to the coast of Mississippi when Hurricane Katrina ravaged that land. And I'll tell you, when you're in the middle of a crisis, giving warning bells is kind of past tense. Wouldn't you have rather had the warning bell before it actually happened? And that's the way that God does things. That's why we shouldn't worry and fear in the middle of a crisis. Because God will actually prepare you before a crisis. Every case in Scripture when God prepared people, it was plenty of time before to get ready for what was coming. A couple of examples. You can read these in your Bible. I'm not going to read them to you today, but you can read them. In Genesis 6, God prepared Noah for a flood. He gave him plenty of time and all of the people time to get on the boat. Now, I did a couple of research on this. A ship built in the 1800s was much smaller than the ark. It took four years to build in the 1800s. Noah's ark and his crew took them approximately, what most scholars say, 98 years to build. And obviously, they lived longer back then, so you understand the timeline of that. But in preparation, God gave them plenty of time. He didn't send the flood, and the next day, God said, Hey, Noah, you need a boat. It's too late. 
God prepares you before the time comes so you can be ready for it. Think about Joseph. The people of Egypt were not ready for the famine that was about to hit their country. But God sent Joseph to prepare them and gave them seven years to get ready for the famine that was coming. Do you know how much time we had to get ready for this crisis? About a couple of months, if that. And you know, I just believe in my heart, if it was going to be something that was going to last forever and really alter our life in such a way that we could never go back to enjoying fishing again or enjoying weddings again or enjoying a dance again or whatever it is that you like to do, I think God would have prepared you and given you more warning ahead of time. I think that God always prepares and gives you time to get ready. But God warned Noah. He warned Joseph. And listen, he warned Moses. He gave him time to prepare in the wilderness when he began his message and went back to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He had time to learn from a priest and prepared his messages. There's plenty of cases in the Bible where God prepared people when crisis hit their land. And I want to encourage you today with this. If God is going to bring something around, if God is going to warn us about something, He's going to give you time to get ready for it. Now granted, there were a lot of people that Noah tried to warn and no one listened. And they were left behind. That is very true. But God always prepares His saints. And i got to be honest with you. Most of the saints that I've talked to, they feel like, you know what? Just doesn't seem like this is going to be forever. I think we're going to come through this. Just seems like in my heart when I pray, the peace that I have is we're going to come through this. And I want to encourage you today about the future. I really believe, much like opening this pool, it looked really bad about two months ago. It looked really bad when you heard the hospitalists and the medical professionals talk. And again, we're not out of the woods completely yet. I understand that. But the water's getting clearer. And it's getting clearer day by day. And I think we're going to come through this. And before long, it's going to be better. And we're going to look back and say, man, thank you, Lord, for bringing us through this. And we can look ahead to our future. So I want to encourage you with that today, that things are going to be okay, that things are going to turn around. And I want you to think about this before we go. What would it be like if instead of getting all of our information right now, and please understand when I say this, I'm not picking at the news guys, but they make money off of everything they're saying right now. Um, They aren't going without. They don't need a stimulus plan because as long as there's bad news, the news anchors are going to be just fine, okay? If everything was great, they would be in trouble. But they need bad news to keep ratings up high. But if all you're getting your future news from, the belief that you have about the future is from the news media, can I just encourage you to take some time to just read the words of Jesus and what did he say? Take a look at what he prepared even Jerusalem for before the destruction came in 70 AD. He was telling them 30 years ahead of time, this is going to happen. Get ready for it. When you see these signs, be prepared. He warned them plenty of time ahead. What would it look like if we imagined our outcome being better and the future being brighter than listening to the news saying how bad it really is? I'm not saying don't wash your hands. I'm not saying don't wear a mask. I'm not saying don't use Lysol. Just don't ingest it. I'm not saying don't take precaution. I'm just saying think about the future. God's got plans for you. The Bible says he's got good plans for you, says the Lord. 
plans to, for a future to prosper you and to give you a hope. And what would happen if we didn't operate in fear that we began to believe what God said about your future? I'm just believing you've got a great future ahead. I'm believing you're going to go back to work. I'm believing, listen, those of you who are out of school right now, I know you don't want to hear this, but you're going to go back to school one day. I believe that those of you who right now, you're worried about your finances because your retirement accounts took a hit. Look, they're going to bounce back. God's going to look after you. I just pray that you're going to make more on the turnaround than you are right now in what you've lost. And I just believe that the future is better than what God has in store for us coming up. So listen, if you're there right now and you may be at home and you're thinking about your future and maybe you say, hey, Pastor Jody, I'm not so sure about my future because I just don't have the peace that Jesus talks about because I'm not sure that I know Jesus as my Savior. Hey, look, I want to pray for you right now. We just take a moment right where you are in your you know, living room, if you're watching my phone or, or TV or whatever you're looking at right now. Just take a moment and pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray with you. And look, our elders are going to pray for you. Our prayer team is praying for you right now as you're making this decision to follow Christ. So just pray this with me now. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. God, I pray and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Lord, I don't know what the future holds, but I know that I want you to hold my future. And so, God, I ask you to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me and to forgive me. Dear Jesus, I surrender everything to you today. I give you my will. I give you my life. And most of all, Jesus, I give you my future. And I pray this prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer, we are so proud of you right now. Come on, church. Would you love on them right now? Throw them some hearts up on the screen. Throw them some hand claps, emojis, whatever else you got. Maybe you got some dancing guys on there. I don't know what all you got on there. Whatever you could find. Throw it up there. Blow up the screens. Let them know right now how proud you are in the decision that they just made to follow Jesus Christ today. That is so, so cool. And we're so proud of you. And listen, here's what we'd love for you to do is to take some next steps in discipleship. In the comments section or in the description section on Facebook or YouTube, either one, you'll see something called connect.cornerstonerome.com. And if you'll click that link, it'll take you to our website. And we just have a small page where you fill it out and just fill out some information, name, a phone number, an address. We want to send you some material to help you get started walking with Jesus today. We just want to bless you and let you know how proud we are of your decision today to follow Jesus. And hey, listen, before we go, I want to thank you for your generosity. I know that so many of you are asking about this and you're making the transition from giving maybe from check or cash to a new format called digital giving. And, you, you know, maybe it's something you've never done before. I know it's new. Uh, I have a lot of people asking me, hey, look, I I'm sorry I haven't been able to do this yet. Hey, look, no worries. Look, all you got to do, go to give.cornerstonerome.com. You can give your gifts there, your tithes, your offerings, whatever you want to do. And you can make that happen there. So here's what I want you to do. As you go there today, I want to pray over your generosity. Our elders and our staff and everyone, we're praying for your generosity, not only just to be blessed you know, over what the church does with it, but to bless your family. That God says he blesses, he is excited about, he is, he is, he is looking down on the, the, the one that's the cheerful giver, and he says, man, I'm going to bless that person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up doors of opportunity for that person. So thank you for your generosity, man. We really appreciate what you're doing and so proud of you and, and, and continuing to give any of the times when they are uncertain. 
But, man, we're thankful for your generosity. So let me pray over that as, as you give today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person who's giving. I thank you for the generosity in the gospel. I thank you, Lord, that it goes further than just our four walls. But, God, it goes out to reach our missionaries overseas. It goes to help other things in our city and community. God, we thank you, Lord, for the generosity of our church, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that it not only just meets the needs of the church, but, God, I pray that you'd bless every person who's giving. God, meet their needs. God, and bless their families and their finances. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, as always, before we go today, we always like to read this over our church family in Numbers chapter 6. And this is the, the priestly blessing, if you will, that, that Aaron was always commissioned to give over the people of Israel. And we just believe in this so strongly, man, that, that when we say this, when we pray this over you, when we speak this over you, we just believe God is blessing you every time we do this. And so this is in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. The scriptures say, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Man, that is our prayer for you today. Listen, God bless you. We're so looking forward to meeting again soon. But as we are continuing to minister through social media, we ask you to just to like and subscribe. All the different things that we're sending out your way, send them to your friends. And let us know, man, how they're blessing you. And as always, if you need anything, please contact us. Let us know. We'll help you in any way we possibly can. God bless you. We'll see you next time. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.